Hi, my name is Danny Morell, and this is Real Estate Sales, the podcast for real estate professionals and entrepreneurs that are on a path of daily inspired action leading towards success in every area of their lives. Get ready to once again break through and realize your true potential. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is Danny Morell, your host, and this is episode 26 of the Real Estate Sales Show. I'm excited to be with you here today specifically for this topic. Uh, this is going to be part two of our mid-year review, getting a lot of great feedback from all of you on our Facebook page about what, um, what a breath of fresh air it was last week to kind of take a look back, see where you are. And I think to this week and episode 27, you're going to actually learn a lot. For some of you guys, no one has ever taught you the numbers what they should look like, what your averages should be about. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to take a deep dive into the numbers of a real estate salesperson's business and compare them or compare the norm to where you are and as a result, show you where you should be. Now, before I go any further, I must say thank you to all of you. Um, If you are a real estate salesperson, a real estate broker, a title officer, mortgage officer, whatever the case may be, other than the fact that you might be living under a rock, right? You know about this amazing event called the Mike Ferry Superstar Retreat. Uh, It is by far not even close. uh, The number one sales retreat for real estate salespeople. And just over 4,000 people converged on Las Vegas last week in which I got an opportunity to meet a lot of you. And to be honest, guys, my eyes were open to how many of you are out there actually listening to our show. Um, I had no idea. You know, half the time, this is just me speaking into a computer monitor or me interviewing somebody through a computer monitor and then, you know, hopefully putting great content out there. But the immense amount of people that stopped me and said, thank you for the information we're sharing, guys, it was just... uh, It was motivating, and I have a commitment, and that commitment is to bring you even better information. I did notice that most of you are watching us on YouTube, and I'm going to make a little recommendation. I'm going to make a I'm going to recommend that you subscribe to our podcast uh, because you can hear the show while you're at the gym, while you're out for a run, first thing in the morning. And to be quite honest with you guys, if you have the time to watch a video while you're working. Um, then you may not be working as hard as you think you really are. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, make a recommendation that you subscribe to our podcast and listen to the show there versus watching it on YouTube. So let me show you how to do that real fast. If you're an iPhone user, you have a little purple app like this one right there. It says podcast. Uh, If you're an Android user, you're going to have to download an app called Stitcher. Stitcher, okay? Anyways, down at the bottom, there's a little magnifying glass. You click on the magnifying glass. And then at the top, you search for my name, Danny Morell, D-A-N-N-Y-M-O-R-E-L. When you do that, out pops my show. Has an awesome dark blue logo that looks like this. You actually just click on the show itself. It opens up, and then up here on the top right-hand corner, you click subscribe. And if you can, do me a favor while you're there, right there where it says reviews, go ahead and leave a five-star rating and write a review, just some comments that you think about the show. Okay. So again, the show is meant for you to 
listen while you're on the run, on the go, in your car, going to appointments versus actually sitting down watching a video because that, quite honestly, guys, I would rather you guys be on the phones talking to people than watching me, all right? Part two of the mid-year review, here we go. If you're watching on YouTube, you're not gonna see me any longer because I'm gonna turn on the PowerPoint. For those of you listening, grab a notepad and a pen because it's time to get to work, all right? Last week, in last week's episode, we spoke about um, uh, your numbers and really we had an opportunity to take a look back at what had happened in your year. Well, now I'm going to show you the different numbers that you should be tracking on a yearly basis. And if you've never tracked them before, guess what? That's okay. Start tracking them now. Because the reality is, is that the more numbers you track and the more focused you are on tracking your numbers, the more of a business you are actually working in. All right? Anything other than you tracking your numbers, you don't have a business, you ascent, you you could you you could be earning half a million dollars a year, but a business is not what you have. You have a hustle, okay? And if you've ever seen any of my shows on my Facebook page where I go live for training, then um, then you can see that I'm a pretty big proponent of this, okay? So as a real estate salesperson, here are the numbers that you should be tracking on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and yearly basis. Uh, number one, days worked. Days worked. You should be tracking this. Why? Well, you could come to me and say, hey, Danny, I'm working my tail off, but nothing's happening. And then I, as a coach, would then tell you, all right, we'll pull out your numbers. Let's talk. How many days did you work in the first half? And we could dissect and realize if you're overworking, underworking, not working enough, just based off of the fact that you're tracking your numbers. So days worked is an important number to track. Number two, hours role played. This is a big one. It's one you're not doing. I know you're not doing because we as real estate salespeople wing everything. And why do we wing everything? We wing everything for the simple fact that, well, we can, right? You sell one home, you make $6,000 in one transaction, and that for some of us is more than we used to make in a month. And so guess what? Why get good at this thing, right? You will only role play. You will only master your craft when you have a vision to accomplish something much greater than what the normal person accomplishes in our industry. Hours role played. How many hours a day are you role playing? Number three, hours prospected. How many hours a day are you actively generating business? You know, the reality is, is that I like to say that your prospecting hours is like the engine that drives your business, right? Think about a beautiful brand new Ferrari with a beautiful, ferocious, tough, aggressive engine. And then think of a 1972 Pinto with a little putt-putt engine, right? Well, hate to tell you, but some of you have a little 1972 Pinto engine and that you're not spending enough time actively looking for business you're doing business by default, waiting for business to come to you. So you need to track this so that you can see if you're off target, on target, whatever the case may be. The next one, contacts made. Contacts made. When you're prospecting, when you're out there speaking to people, how many contacts are you actually making? All right, and we're gonna go into, in a little bit, how many contacts you should be making per hour, and um, I'll make sure that that gets covered and you have a clear understanding as to what that should be, all right? Next one. So we've got days worked, hours role played, hours prospected, contacts made. The next one is listing appointments gone on. Listing appointments gone on. 
Make no mistake about it, my friends, if you ever want time freedom and if you ever want to spend enough time with your, uh, your spouse and your kids, you're going to have to become a listing agent. So why not start studying and identifying how efficient we are being when we're on an appointment? And how do we do that? By tracking two numbers, listing appointments and listings taken. All right. And when I say track, guys, it could be something as simple as you grab a piece of paper and you, 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 you track it on a daily and weekly basis, and then you input these things into an Excel spreadsheet. That's how we started. Obviously, now um, I'm a little crazy about helping our agents to grow, so I've invested just shy of half a million dollars into a technology platform that does all of this for us. But, you know, we started for the first two or three years by just building it all on Excel, and you could do the same thing. Next number that you want to track, um, listing sold. This is another big one, right? And why? Because we want to track the difference between how many appointments you go on, how many listings you take. There's a ratio there, right? And then there's another ratio between how many listings you take and how many actually sell. You see, when we track those numbers, guys, that could tell us a lot about what you've got going on. You could be really, really good at setting appointments. And the reality is, you may not take any, right? That's just the reality. Or the fact of the matter is, is that you could be really, really good at taking up listings. But the fact of the matter is that maybe you're not actually getting them sold, right? All of these numbers, what they do is they tell us a story about what you're doing in your business. So listings, appointments gone on, to listings taken, listings taken, to listings sold. There are some ratios there that we need to identify and look at. And that's why it's so important for you to track these things. The next number, buyer sales, buyer controlled sales. How many buyer sales are you making? Typically what you want to do, and, and to be quite honest, the sign of a healthy real estate sales business is I would say 65 to 70% listing sold uh, compared to 35 to 30% buyer sales. That's where you want to be at. That's when you know that you're humming. That's when you know you have time freedom. That's when you know you're being efficient with your time. That's when you know that you're maximizing your hourly value when that's the ratio. Take a look at your numbers because some of you might say, let's say you sold five listings and 10 buyer sales. Well, you could see that it's the opposite. And we might want to work on that and at least have a conscious plan of how to get better at uh, the amount of listings that we're selling versus buyers that we're selling, okay? Deals fell apart. This is a big one. Why? I'll tell you why. Because you want to put deals into escrow and you want them to actually close. And so when you keep track of how many deals are falling apart in comparison to how many you're opening, it could tell you a lot about your um, interaction with your clients. It could say that you're over-promising and under-delivering. It could say that you're not communicating enough. It could say that you're not forecasting enough if a lot of your deals are falling apart. And make no mistake about it, guys. One of the things that we're great at doing as human beings is pointing the finger to somebody else or pointing the blame at somebody else. Numbers are what numbers are. And if consistently, you know, 20 to 30% of your deals are falling apart, guess what? You know, I've heard this all the time from agents and agents that, you know, have worked with us in the past. 
You know, it's because I keep attracting these crazy people. Well, the numbers show that you might be the crazy one, right? It might be you that is doing something to cause these, deal to, these deals to fall apart. But you'll never know that if you don't track your numbers and if you don't have a clear understanding as to what those numbers are telling you. Open houses held, that's a big one, right? You're doing too many, you're doing too little. Uh, I'm a big believer, if you don't got anything going on and if you're um, uh, just starting off in the business, this could be a great way for you to get going until the momentum of prospecting and attaining listings builds up. Open houses held. Open house contacts, how many people are coming in? Depends on where you're working and in what area you're working, but I know here in Southern California, you should be getting at least 10 visitors for every open house that you hold. And then deals closed, deals closed. How many deals are you actually closing on a monthly, quarterly, and yearly basis? All right, so those are the numbers that you should be tracking. And here is a little bit of a breakdown as to what they look like. Let's start with role play first. Role play first. I want you to write this down. The baseline average for daily role play is half an hour per day. Half an hour per day. That's what you should be role playing on a daily basis. Why? Because when you do that, that ensures healthy growth in your sales skills. And then I wrote down, on average, in the first half, I role-played blank hours per day. So if you've been tracking your numbers, what I want you to do is I want you to divide your hours role-played by the amount of days worked, and that'll give you the average hours per day that you role-played. Is it more than half hour? Is it less than half hour? For some of you that are new to following us, you're probably thinking, man, I don't even know what role-play is. All right, great. Well, then you average zero hours a day and we got to get you going on this. Why? Because if you don't know what to say and you don't know how to say it, you won't feel confident. And if you don't feel confident, you won't pick up that phone. And if you don't pick up that phone, you won't get listing appointments. And if you don't get listing appointments, you won't take listings. And if you don't take listings, you're going to be stuck working with a lot of buyers, which means that you're going to work a lot of hours to accomplish very little. Number two, hours prospected. The baseline average for hours prospected is two hours a day. That's the baseline average, right? I am conscious of the fact that there's some people that are just getting going, so they do one hour. There's some people that do three hours. There's uh, people that do in our office four to five hours a day, right? But the average, right? Right about, if you can get to two hours a day, then you're in the ball game. So on average, in the first half, I prospected blank hours a day. How many did you prospect on average? Write that number down. And then I want you to divide the hours prospected by the day's work. That's how you figure out that number, okay? Divide your total hours prospected by your total day's work. Next is contacts. Contacts. The baseline average for contacts made is 10 contacts per hour. On average, in the first half, I made blank contacts per hour. How do you figure this out? Very simple. You divide contacts made into hours worked. Total contacts made divided by total hours worked. Now, why is this one important? Because I've coached hundreds and thousands of agents in the past, and the reality is, is that some of you are talking to too little people um, on an hourly basis. Why? You get caught up in talking about things that are irrelevant. Uh, in regards to business. And so how do you know that that's happening? Simple, by tracking and identifying your numbers 
and studying your numbers on a weekly basis. Contacts, contacts per hour, very important number. Next, let's have a discussion about contacts to listing appointment. So the baseline average for contacts made to a listing appointment is 70 contacts to get an appointment. It took me blank contacts to get an appointment. How do you figure this out? Simple. You divide your total contacts for the first six months into total listing appointments that you've gone on, and that'll give you that number. Some of you are saying 70. Oh my gosh, it took me 200. So what does that mean or what does that tell you? You have to spend more time role-playing. As a matter of fact, just for kicks, if it took you more than, say, 100 contacts an hour, I can pretty much bet you that your total role-play hours was very low. Why? You're not practicing enough. And at the end of the day, every professional athlete, every actor, Every athlete uh, practices their movements. Every actor studies their scripts. Every salesperson needs to be practicing in the same fashion. Listing appointments. On average, I should be closing 80% of the listing appointments that I go on and selling 90% or more of the listings that I take. In the first half, I actually closed blank percent of my listing appointments and sold blank percent of the listings I took. I think you're getting the picture. This one's pretty easy your listing appointments gone on versus your listings taken will give you a percentage. And then your listings taken versus your listings sold will give you a percentage. And you want to be at 80% or so of the listing appointments that you go on that you take. And you want to sell 90% of the listings that you actually take. Now I'm going to pause for a second because for some of you, you've never done this before. No one has ever sat down with you and you know you you may not have even realized that you were supposed to be tracking this stuff that's okay now you do that's why we're here at the real estate sales show is to help you identify the gaps and the holes in your business so that you can fill them and get better at your business open houses on average i should be hosting you know however many open houses a month i'm going to give you a little bit of disclaimer this is only to be done while you're building momentum uh, in your prospecting efforts, okay? If you're brand new and you're prospecting, say, three or four or five hours a day and, you know, you're not setting any appointments right off the back, then you go on and you host an open house or two just to get the ball rolling. Your goal is to not do open houses. Your goal is to have a prospecting-based business, um, but it's a great activity to get you going. Listings to sales. The baseline average for listings taken to a sale open should be one and a half, meaning for every listing you take, you want to open 1.5 sales. On average, for every listing I took, I opened how many sales? How do you figure that out? Simple. Take your listings taken um, and divide them into your sales open, and that'll give you a ratio or a number. Listings to closings. This, I believe, should be a one-to-one -one ratio. The baseline average for every listing that I take should equal um, one deal close. That's what it will average out to. If your number is higher than one, what does that mean? You're working with a lot of buyers. For some people, that may not be a bad thing. Some people, in some parts of the country, you take a listing and the market is so hot that people are calling you and you get to double-end the deal. That's nothing wrong with that. Then your number will be closer to two. 
How do you figure out this number? Divide the deals closed by the listings taken. And that's it, my friends. So that gave you a good idea as to the numbers that you should be tracking, right? Days worked, hours role played, hours prospected, contacts made, listing appointments, listings taken, listings sold, buyer sales, deals fell apart, open houses held, open house contacts, and deals closed. That's, those are the numbers that you should be tracking, again, on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual basis. And then we also discovered what your, what your ratio should be looking like um, when it comes to comparing all of those numbers and creating the ratios that will really help identify uh, the direction that your business is going in. All right, now, here's a challenge for you. I've been doing this long enough to understand the fact that if I'm in a room with 100 real estate professionals, and I am not lying to you here, if I'm in a room with 100 real estate professionals, I would say maybe three of them are actually tracking their numbers. Why did I bring that up? Because I have a question for you. It's July right now, and we're heading into August. I want you to pretend that it's January 1st, 2017, and you have now tracked your numbers from, from today through December 31st, and you've been consistent, and you've been disciplined, and you've tracked them at all times. You tell me you think you'd have better insight into your business. You think you can make better adjustments. You think you could see better holes that you might need to get. You think there might be some motivation when your numbers are doing good. You think you'd better have better insight as a business person if you track these things and analyze them on a continuous basis. The answer, first off, doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out. The answer is absolutely yes. So why don't we do it? Well, because we like to wing it. I think the only question you have to ask yourself is how much longer will you wing the very thing that put, puts food on your table and provides you with an, an, an outlet for you to be able to create and manifest the visions that you have in your mind, heart, and soul for you and your family. When it becomes that important and when it becomes that clear, you won't wing every, anything. You'll, on the contrary, be hooked on these numbers because you want to be the absolute best that you possibly can be. My friends, there you have it. That was episode number 26 of the Real Estate Sales Show, part two of our three-part series called the Mid-Year Review. I hope this was a learning lesson. Next week is going to get even tougher because next week we're going to cover time management. And I don't think a lot of you are going to want to hear what I have to say on that one. But uh, I want to open this up because I know that this is um, this is this is getting pretty deep here for some of you. Um, if you can, go on Facebook, go on facebook.com backslash danny.morel.page. Like the page and post any questions right there on my page so that our followers and listeners can, can, can see the question, can learn from the answer, and together um, we're going to get a lot better at this thing called real estate sales. All right? Don't forget, subscribe on iTunes or on Stitcher, on the podcast app and, I, and iTunes to the show. Give it a five-star rating and write a review. I really appreciate it, and ultimately it helps us just attract better quality guests to our show, which will 
in essence, help you become a better agent. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.